biggest Harry Potter fan. Sure, you're tatted up with Harry Potter. I have a Harry Potter tattoo. Um, Yeah, so I've been a fan since I was like a youth. And um, we haven't done a straight show on our deep dives yet, so I'm going to talk about Puffs. Okay. Um, Puffs is a spoof straight play. Um, It's called Puffs or Seven Increasingly Eventful Years at a Certain School of Magic and Magic. Should we very quickly, maybe at the top, address... Potentially recently, J.K. Rowling. Oh yeah, no, has let's talk about it. Problematic. Yes. But I think we're gonna try to do the thing where we separate out her work or her her from her work. From her work. Well, and in a way, and we're Puffs like is obviously separate from that because it is the, the creative team has nothing to do with J.K. Rowling. Correct. So much so that like they, it's not even a little bit associated with right. her estate, and um, they have some very clever workarounds to be like, hey, this is what we're talking about, even sure. though we Love can't that. say that we're Love talking the about generic it. like crispy puffs. Oh, it's tongue and yeah. cheek for sure. Um, yeah. Listen, I don't agree with any of J.K. Rowling's like crazy ideas about transgendered people. Um, I think that's a real big bummer for our community. Um, but I do think, like, separating the work from the person attached to it, there are a lot of authors that have, like, problematic views on the world. Sure. Uh, this is to say, and I think just as, like, the disclaimer, um, if you're somebody who can't do that, we totally understand. Mm-hmm. And certainly there are things, like, uh, which we won't get into in this podcast, but I feel a similar way where, to me, if you're that person and you're doing this, However, what we don't want to take away from is the fact that Harry Potter has meant, I think, a lot to a lot of different people and to a specific generation in, in particular. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if you took something positive from that, then that is awesome, and that's what we support. Um, but we don't we don't support her terribly, terribly transphobic and homophobic views. Correct. That is not cool and not something uh, that this podcast supports. And certainly, if you are somebody who likes that, feel free to turn us off right now. Yeah. No, thank you. Um... Yeah, so anyway, a treat. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so let's talk about Puffs. My 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 favorite part about Puffs is that it's a comedy and a straight play that does not take itself too seriously. I think is like the biggest, most fun part of it. I have here with me. This is a visual bit that you can't see in the audio format, but uh, the script to the ninety minute ish version for Young Wizards because I bought it thinking I could maybe do it with my class. Uh, can't do it with my class right now, but I can in the future, I think. And I have <laughs> sticky noted some of my favorite sure, moments. You've really gone to town on that tiny tiny. Went a little, a little crazy, but it's fine. I also have um, a synopsis pulled up here that we can just briefly talk about. Essentially, the play um, goes through all seven years of Harry Potter's Hogwarts experience um, in ninety-ish minutes um, from the Hufflepuffs' perspective, but they don't call them the pu- the Hufflepuffs. So- as a side note, in case you are like wildly unfamiliar with Harry Potter, I mean, <laughs> Have it's been a living under a rock. Like, I feel yeah. like it's a possibility. Yeah, uh, it's essentially about the boy wizard mm-hmm. who doesn't know he's a wizard until his twelfth birthday. Eleventh. Eleven. Okay. Uh, and then he gets whisked away to a place where he learns about wizard and magic and that kind of stuff that it exists. Yeah. Uh, and then the seven books that she wrote uh, encapsulate his time at Hogwarts, the fictional. Uh, magical learning place yeah. and his time there and his like adventures uh, there's also a set of movies that are very popular 
There's eight of those because uh, Warner Brothers made a cash grab at the end. So, uh, just kidding. I mean, they're great movies. No, here's them, the thing. It was like a very popular thing to do in at that they, time. They started so it, though. Split it. Yeah, that's true. They, they did. They were the first ones. Then Twilight did it. Yeah. Then, I think, what, The Hobbit did it with three? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, a, a, it was a thing. So, uh, just in case you're unfamiliar, that's what it's based on. And within this world... There are, like, four houses that you can belong to. It's all very British, so also, it like, is, yeah. that's a thing. But uh, there's four, di- and each one has, like, different characteristics. So yeah, that we're going to talk about she that. She says, Hufflepuff, that's what she's talking about. Right. We're going to keep going, assuming that you know who Harry Potter is, or that you've paused and done, like, a quick Google search. If not, I'm hoping to, like, maybe share a little bit of, like, if you're not familiar with Harry Potter, I can help. But um, So when they get to the school, certain school of magic and magic... Um, they are sorted into their houses, but again, they can't use the actual names from the books, so they call them the Braves, which is supposed to be Gryffindor because they're supposed to be brave. Sure. <laughs> so they're, the Braves, um, the Braves, the Smarts, which are supposed to be the Ravenclaw ones. That's their whole shtick is that they read a lot. Um, the, the Snakes, which is the Slytherin. That's their evil house. That's what they consider the evil house. And um, and the last house is Puffs. And the whole shtick with their with their house is that they're like we're last, like we're doing our best. Um, they're just like happy to be there all the time. Well, and when you think about writing, so that's just really J.K. Rowling had uh, like made up words and or thesaurus for sure. Great. Yes, definitely that. Um, also very annoying. The Ravenclaw house, their symbol is an eagle, which is fine. Um, fine. As opposed to fucking raven. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. So they, you know, you meet these characters and you sort of, he introduces, um, the author's name is Matt Cox. They introduce like three main characters that sort of mirror Harry Potter and his two friends. Um, they call themselves the golden trio in the books. And these characters just kind of like mirror that. Um, there's a narrator who's really funny because he, every time the new year of the book like appears, he brings a new book and he's like, Harry Potter, or year one, the puffs and the year that they the snake was set loose on the castle and was trying to kill people <laughs> like, and there's a line in that scene that's like this is a lot for 12 year olds to handle <laughs> which sure. i just love um so it goes through uh in two acts um and it gets i one of the things i love about it is like the story obviously gets pretty dark at some point the hufflepuffs in year four lose one of their own oh, and it's right. uh yeah in the fourth book right cedric diggory is a very important character Whoa. Spo- I guess this story is like over a decade. We, we can still be friendly. Spoilers. Spoilers. Let's fast forward a couple minutes. Sure. Um, Cedric was introduced in the the script early on as kind of like a leader, and then when he um, gets killed in the tournament, it's. I mean, they do a really good job of like bringing the tone down for about a minute, and then it comes back, and they're like, "And we're funny again!" Ha 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 ha! And it's it just the pacing is very good. Okay. Um, so I have bookmarked. Some of my favorite moments here that I'm going to share with you. Great. Because I find it hilarious. One of the things that I like the most about the script, like I said, is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. And there's a lot of, like, notes in the beginning that are like, hey, if you see one asterisk, one asterisk means two characters speak at the same time, which happens kind of a lot. Okay. Two asterisks means the actor can say whatever they'd like. Oh. Um, and three asterisks means you can change the reference to, like, the region that the show is being performed in. So I'm going to, like, talk about a couple of those because I think they're absolutely hysterical. One of the... (laughs) One of the things that keeps happening is um, this boarding school, you can earn, like, house points, right? So there's, like, a competition. Okay. Um, And this is from the original material. Um, 
So at the end of the school year, the house that has the most points wins the house cup. It's very important. Do they still call it the house cup? I feel like that's what it was called in the original. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it is. And it, sure, they call it here not, too. It's not crazy. That's not, can't be trademarked. Sure, that's just a thing. So they I'm start. I'm drinking the house cup right now. Sure are. Good call. Um, so they start the play talking about how, like, for the last several years, they were in fourth place, the Puffs. And they were like, this year we might get to third. <laughs> so in this, which I, I feel like in the source material, are the, but the Puffs aren't losers, are they? Now, uh, here's kind the of. thing. Is it kind, they kind of. They kind of, well. They have no discerning thing. Like, Gryffindors are the, like, heroes. Yeah. Slytherins are, like, the bad guys. Ravenclaws are smart. And it literally, and like. Puffs are just, like. They're just there. Nice. Yeah, nice. It literally, at some point, the house, the sorting hat, who tells everyone where to go and which house to go in, says something like, well, then Hufflepuff will take the rest of them. <laughs> like, oh, dang. Yeah, it's really, it's kind of that. And like, there's like a character, I know, she's a problematic lady. Um, she. Sure, don't even get me started on Cho Chang. Correct. That's, that's true. That's very Scottish true. Scottish Cho Chang. Sure. Anyway. Scottish Cho Chang. There is a, a line in the original one of the original books that's like, well, at least you're not in Hufflepuff. It's a bunch oh, of duffers yeah. over there. Like, it's like really, really kind okay, of a so bummer. really comes for them. All right. Yeah. So this, all right. It's so they're excited, in this play, they're excited. Maybe they'll get third. Maybe they'll get third. And their okay. whole shtick in the first part of the play is like, third or nothing! Okay. And they say that a lot of times. And then at the end of the first year, when they're awarding the House Cup, they originally are in third. And then Dumbledore pulls all of his shenanigans where he's like, oh, okay, and also Harry Potter gets all these extra points because he, like, fought Voldemort. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're, we're back to fourth again. Where they really had, like, a glimmer of hope. Yes. And then... They were like, and then they were like, just kidding. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very adorable. Sure. Um, so that's the third or nothing bit is like comes over a thousand times. Um, the main character, his name is Wayne. Um, he is he grows up originally in somewhere in the United States. It's okay. like um Arizona or something like that. Okay. And then his two friends also do not have British accents, conveniently, but sure. everyone else does. Amazing. And um. Sure. So, like, every time, I feel like there's a lot of movies that way where they will cast an American who just, like, oh, I mean, if I try that now, I'm really trying to think. But where they will cast an American who, like, just can't get it done. Mm -hmm. He just has an American accent the entire time and everyone around him is British. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of like that, except, like... Um, they ask his one friend, Oliver, like, where are you from? And he says New Jersey, because when it's performed in New York, everyone's like, oh, Jersey. Ooh. Right. Um, but that's one of those asterisks where you're like, anywhere that you think sure. is terrible. We're, we're based in Michigan, so we might say, like, Ohio. I was literally about to say, like, for no, us, it's too, if definitely Ohio. If we have any from Ohio who love Ohio, we appreciate you, but we are from Michigan, so we are going to say that. Yeah, we're for sure going to say Ohio. And I'm trying to, where is Wayne actually from? Um, because it does say in here somewhere. Oh, New Mexico. So close-ish to Arizona. Um, so the West-ish. Um, there is a scene where they have just like a montage almost of like classes they go through. And every professor, when they see that the puffs are there, they're like, oh, it's the puffs. (laughs) They're like, this is potions class. Does anyone know what a potion is? And there is a, a character that has eight options. No, five five options for something she can say. Oh, okay. And they're like... It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. It is, kind of. Like, which one do you think is funnier? It's a starchy root vegetable. And the, a certain potions teacher is what it says in the script. He says, that's a potato. Uh, <laughs> and then she'll say, it's the head of the Catholic Church. And he goes, that's the 
Pope. Like it just and it keeps going and going, okay. and there are five is, of them. Are you doing your Snape impression? Yeah, that's my Snape impression. Okay, Did so you you're like doing it? Doing it with a little Alan Rickman. Was, okay. Yeah. Right, okay. I'm thank you for recognizing. Sure. I was. Well, one of the okay. things too about this play is that it, it's supposed to be a small-ish cast, and each actor plays like a whole bunch of different characters. Sure, love a cast doubling. Yeah, and I mean you could do it with a bigger cast, but like I think this cast has ish people maybe. Okay. So, so he. I mean, one of the things that I think is valuable in this show is to be able to do voices and things. Yeah. So. Well, and I think sometimes it's nice a cast doubling. Like, you and I approach it maybe from, you know, you have a middle school program or a high school program where you want to involve as many people as you can. Sure. But sometimes a cast doubling is, like, hilarious because there is room for that's very funny for the same for two different characters to be played by the same person. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Xanadu in a previous episode. It's the same thing where they actually, that show calls it out. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, she would be in the scene if not for cast doubling because... Yeah. <laughs> She is already on stage as somebody else. So I think there's some there's some pluses to it. And obviously, like I said, when you're in an educational program, you're looking at how can we expand, mm-hmm. how can we use as many people as possible. Yeah. But, you know, what does that look like? So if you can differentiate between them, you know, what's that look like? Well, you got to do voices. Yeah. Well, and that's why part of the reason why I wanted to read the script for Young Wizards is because I was like, is there a potential for me to do this in my class? And feature as many kids as possible yeah. and then there's all these you know like Voldemort comes in later and they call him his death buddies he's got all his death eaters <laughs> sure. his yeah. followers is what right. they're called they call death eaters in the original material and death buddies is what they call him in the play um in in the third year yeah. of of the Hogwarts experience or the school of magic experience um in the films the original headmaster Dumbledore Richard Harris passed away before he could do Correct. the rest of the series which was tragedy it was really he was he was so much better uh correct thank you gammon great job uh whatever um but they also acknowledge it in the play and at the beginning of year three oliver rivers comes in and says i'm telling you guys the headmaster looks different this year (laughs) and a different cast member plays the headmaster for the rest of the play and it's great i just think like that's one of those like tongue-in-cheek things that only people like me or you know, people who are really involved in the story sure. really like it. So I dig that. In the fourth year, fourth year is obviously where we have the Triwizard Tournament. Cedric Diggory is a very big deal. Um, they actually talk about, I think they call this um, year four, the year the puffs finally mattered or something oh, like that. Nice. <laughs> year four, okay. the puffs and the year they mattered because Cedric Diggory is so important. Do but, they call him Cedric Diggory in the, in the show? He does. Yeah, oh, he okay. is called Cedric Diggory. Sure. Um, Not good enough. I guess so, right? There's a lot that you're like, you can get away with this? Like, it's... Well, from a legal standpoint, some of it is like, you can get away with some of that stuff if it's like homage or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But names are trickier, so. Yeah. Um, but it, the scene where the competitors are selected, right? The names yeah. come out of the <laughs> comes, come out of the cup. Um, Harry Potter's name comes out surprised, right? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Harry Potter was also selected from the Goblet of Fire. And they address the the discrepancy that the film made where in the book, Dumbledore is supposed to say, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire calmly? Right. And in the movie, he is like throwing things around and like strangling Harry Potter. Like picking him up and dangling his little legs in the air. Like truly. It's like, it's aggressive. It's so aggressive. And I remember watching the movie in the theater and being like, what the fuck? Like, 
I was already not on board with all the hair that was happening in that movie. But then, sure. <laughs> then he was like, "Hey, did you put your name in the goblet of fire?" And I was like, "Calm down, Gambin." So they addressed that in the script also, and the se- they call him the second headmaster because it's right. like a completely Love different that. character. He says, "Harry!" with like a million exclamation points. And then after, and then the parenthetical says, "After that outburst of anger, the second headmaster takes a breath and speaks in a calm, collected tone." Did you put that name in that little old cup there? Did you? I'm the definition of calm right now. Nice. <laughs> it's just what a. A delightful tongue-in-cheek bit to add, and it's thoughtful. Sure, I think um, not even like tongue-in-cheek, but just a good nod to. I think you have people who are casual viewers who went and saw the movies but never read the books, and you have people who read all the books and went and saw the movies. Uh, I think you probably have people come to this who only read the books, never saw the movies. So it's a nice nod to folks who maybe understand those nuances and those types of things, and. And really, and a, a nice wink to to those folks. Yeah, there's, and that's those are my favorite moments. There's yeah. another one in the fourth um, year where they have the ball, right? Like that's one of the big deals of the fourth year. So, they have uh, like a ball. like a gala. Yeah, it's like a dance. In case you were like, they have a ball, not like a ball. Like it's a, a beach ball. ball. They just like but roll it. Yeah, the ball. like a gala type dance. Yeah, it's like a dance. That's what they say. They're like, it's a school dance, but we have to go to support Cedric. Um, and so the the main character, Wayne, finds Ginny, who ends up being Harry Potter's, like, love interest. Um, but Ginny gets asked to the ball canonically by Neville Longbottom. That's the thing that happens in the books, and it happens here in the play also. And it happens, like, at the same time as, like, Wayne tries to ask her. It's kind of a bummer. Um, but then one of his friends shows up and says, well, if it makes you feel any better, that Longbottom kid, he's ugly, and he's probably going to stay ugly forever. <laughs> Sure. Which is again, so great. Well, again, it's a nod to yeah. so Matthew Lewis, who played him oh. in, uh, right, that's his name? Math, yeah, Matthew Lewis. Uh, who played him in the movies. And it became like uh, a cultural thing where people are like, ooh, you long bottom. Yeah, because he was like so he hot. Was no. not, let's, he was a kid, though, so like, let's not say he was an ugly kid. No. But he was like kind of like we all were, like a goofy looking kid in adolescence. And then post-adolescence got kind of hot super hot sure yeah. and so that's like kind of funny thing so I, that's the reference but I, yeah which is a, a nice cultural nod too because that it was a thing for a long time where people would be like "Ooh, that person you long bottom yeah well and like I, sounds does, like something else but it does, just means you it got, does sound like something else um the thing the thing with neville too is like in the books he's just described as like kind of a dumpy kid and so yeah. like in the films they try to make him that way they gave him like right. fake teeth they like well, stuck on his ears and when he was younger i think fit the bill a bit more but then truly as he started like getting hot he, he was kind of you know he he like he grew like six inches and mm-hmm. then kind of thinned out so i feel like in the last movie he had padding on and things like that to try to bulk him up a little which just looked awkward and kind of funny it was weird but you know it's a good it's definitely like a good nod to uh folks who know that or to the cultural zeitgeist as it were Mm -hmm. i mean like what a what a nice compliment to be like hey man we have to make you uglier sure because what happened to you (laughs) looking and now you don't fit the character you it's either that or recast you Yeah. yeah um so yeah, there's a couple more spots. Harry has like eight options of like things he can say to Wayne because he, <laughs> Harry Potter, played by obviously in this in the version that was filmed for Broadway HD, played by a girl who is adorable and h- hilarious, and he encounters Wayne like so many times. And there's like these moments where Wayne is like, "Hey, why don't you take that egg and and put it underwater?" Is like he there's somehow a way where like Wayne is always involved in whatever's going on, which is super cute. Um, and then there's like they just 
play Harry as this, like, big dork. He has Ron and Hermione as mops that he carries around instead of actual people. Okay. So it's just, like, Hermione's mop is, like, big and frizzy, and Ron's mop is, like, red. <laughs> he just Amazing. carries them around. And then we have a fight with Ron. He's just like, I never said that, Ron. He throws the mop on the ground and exits the stage. Well, which kind of begs the question from the original materials, which is, if you read the books and you see the movies, Harry is the least helpful person in bit. all of the books. A bit. For him to be the main protagonist, like, he gets a lot of help from a lot of people, and I don't know if he really ever acknowledges that and is like, I couldn't have done this without you. I well, feel like we don't have those moments very often. No, he does say it occasionally, like, when people are like, in the fifth book, they're trying to get him to start, like, a club where he teaches people how to sure. do it. And he's like, I've had help with everything I have done. Like, why do you I think I'm special? I like that's, like, false weird modesty in which he just didn't want to do it. <laughs> that honest. is possible. No, you're right. It's been a minute since I've read that book. But, yeah, you're, you're probably right on that. Well, in just a way in which, in it's funny because a lot of musicals and, like, I feel like a lot of theaters like this where your main character is by far the least interesting character in the show. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it. I think... It was an attempt to... Kids theater. Well, yeah. Kids theater. I think Harry Potter was an attempt to create an everyman. Um, Yes. And and he is a little bit bland. He's got... I mean, realistically, he would have more psychological issues than he has if he were actually raised in the household that he was written in because it was terribly abusive. Sure, abusive. Um, And so because he's just like this unassuming kid, you can kind of, as a reader, add your own anything to it. Same with, I would argue, Bella Swan and Twilight. Almost the exact same thing. She was written to be an everyone. No, she's terrible. She is terrible. I can't get into that because it just will make me mad. Okay, Uh, I mean, if you love those books, like, good for you. They're they're garbage, guys. I don't know what to tell you. No, because here's the thing. The redeeming quality about Harry Potter is he was raised in that, but he overcomes it Mm -hmm. and still, like, has friends and does it. She is a terrible, terrible role model for any sort of woman, person, young person, uh, in which just a million problematic things. It's great that this book came to, uh, what is her name, who wrote it? Stephanie Meyer. Sure, in a fever dream in Utah, whatever. But, like, no thank you. Hard pass on that for me. Um, we can, maybe we'll do some kind of episode on that where it's just me, we'll where we just like, like a side rant. angrily talk I, about, I just, it's one of those Twilight. things, what I was thinking of, like if you go more theater, um, and this is like kind of straddling that line of a little bit like literature theater, but theater, uh, you look at Oliver by far the least exciting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dodger, Fagan, yeah. uh, all the people in that show way more exciting. Annie, I would also I was argue, just going to say, is Annie the same? Uh, I would also argue Annie, um, Matilda maybe a little less, but like for some reason, oh Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. Charlie the least exciting kid that goes through the factory, and so James I think the Giant Peach. Yeah, I think there's a long series of like a lot of tropes where the main character is meant to be sort of an ordinary kid, but then you have to in order to keep the show interesting, you have to surround them by interesting people. Yeah, and so it just ends up being a funny thing where like Oliver, you could take or leave Oliver. Like yeah. he's not exciting. He kind of just gets pushed around to different places. Uh, you know, kind of the same thing with Harry Potter. I feel like he he happens himself into these situations, but then someone comes to the rescue and is like, "Don't forget, I taught you this," or like, you know, whatever. Or <laughs> I'm secretly Hermione, loving your mom. Like, well, right? <laughs> not even, but honestly, it's Hermione most of the time being yeah. like, "This is how we do it. Let's make a thing." Like, yes. So I think it's kind of a funny thing where. I know that they're the main characters and we're supposed to be, like, excited, but to me it's always, like, 
could take or leave you, I guess. I don't know. No, that's true. I was, uh, we did like the first week of school stuff, right? And I was talking to my students and I was just mentioned, you know, like I'm a Harry Potter fan, blah, blah, blah. And the kids were like, well, who's your favorite? Oh, I also mentioned that I was like very basic and I like to go to Starbucks, right? That's just like, sure, you are very basic, basic. white bitch. Correct. It's fine. And they were like, who's your favorite Harry Potter character? And some kid was like, is it Harry Potter? And I was like, calm down. I'm not that basic. Like, <laughs> chill out. Sure. And that, I felt a little attacked, but that's fine. Fair enough. Um, so Harry in the book, in the play is like a super goof. And there's like eight options here for like things that he can say, um, before the, <laughs> before the Yule ball, he's talking to Wayne. And he's like, say, remember year two? I talked to a spider. He was mean, though, and tried to eat me. And then a car saved me. Wow, fun times for all of us. Bye, Wayne. Cedric, I talked to a spider, and now I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, so there's, like, eight of those, and they're all just, like, so dorky and ridiculous, and I love them. And also, I think you can probably make up your own if you wanted to. Amazing. I love it. Um, and when they get to year five, they hand the narrator, like, another book. And the fifth Harry Potter book is huge. It's so, like... <laughs> so if you haven't read the books, in a funny kind of way, the books made from like, yeah, book I, book three to four, all of a sudden they're huge mm-hmm. and long. Yeah, they got and like, you're like, like what happened? She has so much more to say. Yeah. And let's be real, candidly, did they need to be that long? No. Did she Probably start not. to get to a place where you were like, three pages describe this tree? <laughs> okay, that's, that's enough. That's true. <laughs> sure. So it was kind of an interesting thing where... I mean, given what we maybe know about her now, where you're like... We're, like, oh, more critical than we were before. ...self-indulgent and liked the sound of their own voice and yeah. had an editor that was like, you've made me billions of dollars, write whatever you want. That's that's a good point. That's yeah. very fair. But they were really big. The fifth one is huge, and so they hand the narrator this book, and he's like, you're five, and the... Oh, dear God! And he, like, it's, like, a huge... Like, it's, like, a, a dictionary. <laughs> and he, yeah. like, drops it on the ground. And uh, it's the, <laughs> the year the puffs will get through very quickly. And they just, like, everyone's angry and that's about it. And they, like, move on. Somewhere in, is it year five or year six? I think it's year six. Um, they introduce a character named Zacharias Smith in the book. Um, that might be year five. But he, in the play, is called Zach Smith. And he is um, described as a wizard bro. In the, <laughs> do you remember the character from the book? I don't. So okay. That's, I'm try, I just I'll talk about to, it. Yeah, I was just trying to jog through my memory. Although, to be fair to me, it's been a minute since I read any of them. No, for sure. Um, so in the in the book, he is a member of Dumbledore's army, which is the secret society oh, they create uh, to learn defense against the dark arts because the teacher is bad that year. And so he is, like, begrudgingly there with some of the other Hufflepuffs, right, right, right. and he's kind of a jerk the whole time. Like, he's, like always asking challenging questions. He's not really there to actually be productive. He's just kind of a dick. So uh, they have taken that in this play and just run with it. They all, the puffs all go to audition, audition, try out for the Quidditch team. You're you're a theater person. You just used theater terms. I tried. So they're at Quidditch auditions. And, um, they introduced Zach Smith, and I can't remember if they use, like, the actual, like, air horn, like, bow, 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 Zach Smith, or if he just does it himself. Uh, either way, it's excellent. I, ooh, I hope a little part of me thinks do it yourself because that is funnier. It is funnier. But, or maybe he know. has the air horn. He's like, bow, bow, bow. like it's very good. Um, and so he says, Zach Smith here, uh, I hate you. Great. And he's just talking. And then it says in parentheses, here's the whole quote because I think it's very important. 
What follows can be anything, literally anything, any sort of crazy story, a description of a movie plot that Zack Smith experienced, an existential pondering, just wizard jokes, just random regular jokes. Once, uh, what once began as a simple line of dialogue transformed into this crazy, long, and fun ride every performance. Nick Carrillo, I think that's how you say his name, mm-hmm. uh, who originated the role, has improvised a different Zack Smith over 600 times Whoa. at the time of this writing. That's, a, that's amazing. Right? So the sky's the limit. Um, there will be more examples in the back of the script, because there are, there's like a ton of examples. Listen, if oh. you're listening to us and you're like a pal who's just like one of our friends but doesn't do theater... Uh, and you're like listening or you have stumbled upon thank you so much sure thank you and you thought this was uh like a a podcast about cooking i don't know but just so you know it's something like 600 improv things yeah it's like think about having to go into work every day and write some brand new piece of like prose or whatever 600 times so that's almost two years worth like yeah. just think about doing that. That's a really, that's really amazing. It's like and crazy, very fun. and it's not that short either. I mean, yeah. it's like a, it's a good half page or more of it's dialogue. A yeah, it's it's amazing. In the um, in the recording that they did for Broadway HD, he talks, he inserts himself into the plot of Twenty Seven Dresses. <laughs> Okay, so, okay. it's okay. so funny. So again, if you don't know what that is, do a quick pause and Google. But essentially, it is a rom com. Oh god, starring Catherine Heigl. It's so, so good. Let that just just be put there. Your imagination into that, and, yeah. and go from there. He he says that he's James Marsden's character in Twenty Seven Dresses, and then he's like, anyway, now I'm back at Hogwarts and I'm coaching. I'm I'm the Quidditch captain, and yes. uh, here we are. It's so funny. Um, so there's like a million of those. That's like a dream role. I just want to play Zach Smith so I can. Uh, do this, but there are, I mean, the back of the script has one, two, three, four, like six options uh, of things you could say if you don't want to make up your own stuff, but I really think that um, what a fun time to be able to listen to that. I guess it's a little late in the game for this, and the thing that we sometimes do with the deep dive is we walk you through the plot a little bit. We're leaning very heavily that you potentially know the plot of Harry, of all the Harry Potters, but just, if you could sum up each book very quickly... Like, year one, he, like, finds out, he goes and and meets his friends, but basically we, it kind of is a weird exposition movie. It is exposition, yeah, I mean, there's, like, or hey, both. there's a, <laughs> sure, both, yeah. um, book movie. There's a, there's a dark wizard, he's after you, and ta-da. Sure, we kind of find out, it's, like, the introduction of, sort of, all the main characters that are going to be important throughout all seven books, and then also, uh, like, a, kind of a fake introductory to the villain, yeah. but we don't know him to be the villain as we will know him later right. in this first book. You kind of you kind of do. Yeah. Uh, book two is a similar thing. Um, he asked, it's again about like evil manifesting and starting to gain traction. Um, is there, can we compare it to things happening now? Oh, no. Um, but like, you know, he, he basically, it's again fighting off that and coming together and having an adventure. Book three, uh, he meets a family member Mm-hmm. Been in jail, yep. something we can all relate to. Yeah, uh, and uh, what and and kind of learns learns he he's a, he was an orphan living in a terrible life, so yeah. he kind of starts to find out more about his like actual wizard family, and that he's not quite so alone. Mm-hmm. Book four is uh, the Goblet of Fire, so it's like a wizarding tournament, yeah, in which he is not supposed to get entered to because he's not old enough, but somebody woo, slips his name into it and he gets in and. It's obviously very dangerous, but he survives literally from help from everyone else. Yep. Uh, book five is when you sort of really start to get into 
what I feel like is sort of the end game where we learn about I mean, we've learned about Voldemort before then but that's where he really starts to kind of manifest himself and you learn about an old society that used to exist to fight evil wizards um book six you learn a little bit I mean it just kind of adds to that I feel like it does it adds to it a lot of book six is um Harry and Dumbledore trying to like understand Voldemort and like how he can be taken down Sure. So. And then book seven is just basically that battle. We're it's doing like it. Yeah. A journey he has to go on, like... Uh, it's, it's a like big old camping get, trip. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he has to, like, get certain things to defeat the bad guy. Yeah. And then, obviously, you know, all all is well. And then the last book has, kind of a funny way, like a cut-to epilogue where they're, like, adults. And yeah. they're sending their kids. And, oh, it's, like, full circle. So, yeah. in case that's a really, like, again, do, Very broad. do your Google search, do your wiki search. But, essentially, and I'm assuming in this play they touch on each of those years. They the do. The funny thing is, and you're right, Hufflepuff not talked about a ton in the books. Not a lot, no. So you hear a lot about the other houses because obviously, so Harry is in the like Brave House, and so a lot of his adventures revolve around people in that house. Uh, the sl- snakes are, they're like They're enemies. the evil ones. <laughs> they're supposed to be evil, although I think years later now, people have come to embrace Slytherin and, being, and having those qualities. Yep. Um, an interesting thing too, I think in the books is Gryffindor and Slytherin are like, very close to one another like you could go either way mm-hmm. depending on like certain traits uh and then ravenclaws are just smarty mcsmart so they get talked about but truly hufflepuffs not really mentioned yeah uh you don't really hear about them so to have a whole entire play all about the puffs yeah. all about them is kind of an interesting thing where it's that thing like in a movie or in a book where like the main action is happening and then it's like a cutaway to uh, hey guys, so I'm going to lunch. Did you guys want to, like, <laughs> yeah. it's chicken salad today. Like, it's more that bad, is bad where, yeah. and you're like, oh god, yeah, other people were doing stuff too. Cut back to the main action, like, I love stories like that, I think they're so funny. Well, it is, and it's very much like a, like, what's, they're all seeing it from, from their own perspective. Sure. And in the second book, right, they, Harry Potter kind of, we all discover that he can talk to snakes, and that's right. a very, like, evil-esque thing to be able to do and it's like just a power that he happens to have right and so for the like a good part of the second story in this play they all are like we gotta we gotta defeat potter because <laughs> he, sure. he is like because from know. the outside they're like he might he's evil yeah he, he be, talks yeah. to snakes sure. um there's that scene is in there too where he's like oh snake don't talk don't hurt jay finch it's okay but what we all heard was it's really good they actually talk a little bit about um how the founders decided who they were going to take and so like they they do it with like puppets and like they're like this is what happened with the founders and so like um rick griff says i want students who are brave and rowena ravenclaw will say i want students who are smart and sal is just a snake and he <laughs> says, the one in the script says, children who tell you they want to show you something cool, and so you follow them for miles and miles through a dark, scary forest, and when you get there, they push you into the dirt and laugh and laugh because, ha, 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 what fun, you know those kind of children. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, you know, like I said, anytime you can parody something, but in a smart, clever way, Yeah. Uh, I think is, is an interesting thing. Do you think, if you don't know anything about Harry Potter... Is the show entertaining? Yeah. Still entertaining. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. Um, the alts are also funny. So, okay. like, that one was, like, children who want whatever. I don't even think that's as funny as what the alts are. Sure. The alts are, like, 11-year-old with hunt henchmen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Which, essentially... Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or students who always speak like they're going to throw a glass of white wine in your face. 
Ooh, that's my favorite. It's very specific. It's very specific. Okay, I that one's my favorite, and I think they use that in the recording, and it's excellent. Okay. Um, so that the again, not taking itself too seriously, because here are all the alts we have in the. It's weird because they show the puffs in their seventh year. Okay. We never get to see seven year. Uh, sure. Because it's. So in the books, they're at war. Yeah. They're so there is no, like, going to school time. Yeah. They all, like, take up arms, essentially. Well, Harry and Ron well, and, and they Hermione, leave. they do not go to school. Correct. Um, That's right. But the rest of the school continues. <laughs> That's right. So we see Crazy. what they're doing at they're just, school. Like, in math classes. It is, sucks. it is really weird, because, yeah, they're like, hello, you know, we're here. And then, like, Voldemort shows up at the school, and yeah. he's like, bring me Harry Potter. And then he's, like, speaking into a megaphone. Yeah. And at some point, he doesn't know that the megaphone is turned off. And again, nine options for what he could possibly say. Amazing. And then, like, learns that the megaphone is still on. It just, it's just so nice. Sure. I think that's great. In a fun way where you're just like, oh, off to potions. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, someone is like, give me this person. And you're like, they're not here. We Leave us alone. We're just trying to go to class. <laughs> We're going to class. get my degree. I'm just trying to get my diploma. Did we learn anything? Question mark. Sure. Um... But then it shows, you know, because the war, the final battle does happen at Hogwarts. Correct. And this is another thing the play does really well, where it's like, we're going to address death um, in a way where we take a minute. It's serious. A lot of the characters die. No, truly so many. Like, but even like the char- the Puff characters right. like, that we have now gotten to know, they just, I didn't expect to see so much like killing okay. of the Puffs. Okay. But they do it in a very specific and... Uh, I think such a well done way. Um, they also address the idea that like just two words can like kill a guy. <laughs> and they're like, true. Well, that's, that's all you do. That's magic, though. Yeah. I mean, if we're accepting that swishing a wand can also like turn on a light, then mm-hmm. uh, I mean, here's the thing: in real life, we have a thing called the clapper where you can clap twice and a light will turn on. So why not? I I, I support that. I feel fine. Yeah, um, but they talk about and they're like this. That's it. And then she, like this character keeps killing people, and she's like, you know what? You take this, and she gives the wand back. And she, I'm just gonna go. And it's, I mean, it's. it's but very she's nice. like, I didn't sign up for this. No, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and they do, they do also do a version of the epilogue where um, they. <laughs> Yeah, the grown-ups. They make fun of Draco Malfoy's son's name, which is Scorpius, which sure. is stupid. Sure. Uh, and so they make fun of that. Um, don't you think, do you think it's because at the end, J.K. Rowling was like, I have so much money. I just went swimming through my money vault this morning, and I <laughs> yes. don't want to finish this last book. This is dumb. Yeah. And she was like, what's a dumb name? Like, truly. She had, like, a wheel of stupid-ass names. Yeah, like, she was, <laughs> Spun like, it. She, it was, like, two wheels, one yeah. with, like, an animal, and then, like, endings. Like, us in, like, all that. And she just spun them until they lined up. Yep. I feel like, not that it seemed phoned in, but, like, a little. I think, I saw this tweet that I thought was, like, so appropriate. Um... And it said something to the effect of, like, Harry Potter named his children, like, some nerd that was obsessed with Harry Potter. Yes! Well, that's, like, well, okay, so I listened to a couple different things where, like, it's one thing to write a book in a vacuum, right? To, like, write it where the only person reading it is, like, your close family friends and, like, your editor. And then you release it and it becomes popular. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's, like, one of the things where when you look at people having a sophomore effort, it's because now you're trying to write something with, like, a million people's opinions. She had to do that through a series of seven books where you can't help but hear, like, you can't help but get caught up into it. So, like, that first book, 
in which it got released and like you know she wrote it in a vacuum and she like wrote it on I, this is what i always like think of is you know she got divorced uh like right when she was writing these and it was like do you think she was just cluttering around the house all day and was like oh we're a wizard and like <laughs> thought, her ex-husband was like you are crazy and then divorced her and then was like damn it uh, and just was like oh i Maybe. really screwed up but she just puttered around the house all day talking about wands and dragons and shit. And I was like, no, thank you. I, I'm out of here. But, you know, where she couldn't write the rest of those books without potentially being influenced, even if she had, like, a plan, and I know that's what she did. She had a whole plan, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you can't you can't not take in some of those things. Yeah. So, like, the feedback, genuinely, yeah. maybe that is what happened, where she was, like, into her own stuff, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think you can't avoid feedback from your audience no matter what. Um, I know at one point she, like, there were other characters that were supposed to die that didn't end up dying in the fifth book. Um, because one was enough. My God. Um, so, yeah. Sure, where she was just like, I can't handle this backlash. What if I don't make three billion dollars this year? No, I do agree. Because, yeah, there was, uh, at one point she was going to kill Ron. And, sure. uh, I feel like that would have been a huge issue for the fans to be like, sorry, I you mean, killed who? here's the thing. Is it smart that she picked one of the gingers to kill? Maybe. Oh, just kidding. all right. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But in a way in which, no, you can't do that. But, I don't know. I mean, maybe she probably could have. Because, honestly, no, not as a children's book. I was thinking about, like, all the television I watch in which that is the thing to do now. Kill the you best kill friend. kill off the best friend. You kill off a main character yeah. uh, right away so that, and it, like, shocks you and then you're fine. I suppose for children, though, by well, book five, yeah. might have been traumatic, might have been, like, Oh yeah, explain this to me, and parents would have just been like enraged. Well, and that's where it's like gets weird is like the progression of like the books themselves. Like they start as children's books, and then Correct. by the end, you're like, is this still a children's book? Like so many no. people have died. Well, and in a way in which you're, I don't know. I guess the idea is they're growing up, you're growing up, but it's like yeah, but kids are still reading it. Like it's mm-hmm. not the kids also. You know what I mean? Like it's not year for year. So I don't know, but. That's why I feel like I was, like, in this, like, golden age of Potter, where I was young when I read the first few, and then as they came out, I kind of grew up. Like, the movies, I was about the same age as Harry when the movies were being released. Okay. So, um, I, and a lot of people in my generation kind of feel that way, or at my age feel that that's kind of why we feel so connected to the stories, and it's hard to, like... You nerds. Whatever. Uh, It's hard for people who have kids now, like, I'm experiencing this like when do you introduce your kids to the stuff that you love because it does get heavy quickly yeah i don't know maybe because i'm a child of the 80s in which all the things we watched were traumatic and scary and nobody cared (laughs) and they were considered children's movies yeah uh like we just were the other day uh, talking about never-ending story oh and freaking atreyu and his horse like, that movie is scary as shit. Yeah, and, it like, is scary. that is, was a children's movie that we all, like, wanted mm-hmm. Falcor and, like, wanted to ride on him and things like that. Like, just, I don't know. Like I said, that is a weird generational thing of, like, we were sat down in front of so many movies that were rated, like, PG that yeah, now. This should not be. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, where you were just like, yeah, but this was a kid's movie. Like, it's cool. And you're like, what? So, I don't know. Like, it changes your sensibility toward things like that where I would have been like, yeah, it would have been fine. We had to, like, learn about death very early in all the children's movies we watch. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, Every Disney movie had a, a dead parent. That, that is also true. Disney loves so, a good dead I'm just parent. Say, I'm just saying in a way in which, like, man, you really were, like, I don't know, toughened up to that stuff early on because you're like, well, this is my children's movie about 
Like, where's Ariel's mom? Mm. Question mark. Sure. You know, and so yeah. That's that's a valid point. I, you know, it's it's an interesting because I think as the books progress too, the it gets more difficult to read. Yeah. So that's another part I of it too, it, where like well, the reading level, you know, like an eight year old trying to read that like eight hundred page book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. So anyway, I do like the way the play, uh, this play particularly, just um, pokes fun at it, um, addresses everything, I think, appropriately, um, is just delightful. I do think if you were not a fan, you would still get a huge kick out of it. Because here's the thing, even even non-fans are not like living under a rock and they still get it. Like, you know what I mean? They still understand what Potter is. Um, and the, the tongue and cheek stuff, they make it very obvious that like, we're doing a bit here and yeah. it's stupid. Well, so. and I think the shows that do things really well like this is they're making fun of it, but still very much respect it. And are like, we, we make, we're making fun of it because we love it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're able to do it so well. So it's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's great. So, um, it's on, you can stream it on Broadway HD. Great. Um, nice I one. would like to see it live. I'd like to be in it one day. Sure. Um, it is available for rights. I know if I have oh. a couple friends that are actually in it like next month, so I'm going to go see it. But yeah, I, uh, I love it. I'd like to produce it because my students would also get a kick out of it. Yeah. I, it's probably a pretty good show, I think for kids because it, not kids, but like that age group, mm-hmm. if only because it's a nice blend of like learning theater things but a nice bit of improv and decision making that I mm-hmm. think a lot of plays just don't have. Yeah, it's like you're for not sure. Like a miracle worker where you're like, <laughs> improv what you want to say about Helen Keller. Sure. <laughs> Anything you want. Yeah. Um, you just can't see things. I also think it's a very good lesson in pacing because mm-hmm. it, it you can't let it slow down because right. it's so quick. It's rapid fire. If you let it, I mean, this is a 90-ish minute version, yeah. but if, you're, if your pacing is bad, it's easily two hours. Cool. So um, I'm assuming it would feel terrible. Oh, it would be awful. No, you have, and it's got to be, you know, quick set moving, quick yeah. everything. And there's not a lot of set really anyway, but yeah. um, it's, that's one thing that I was like looking at it for my students because that's a thing that I kind of struggle with sometimes. It's like, how do we get our pacing up? Yeah. So... All right. Yeah, man. Well, what would you? What would be your rating if you had to give it uh, zero out of five puffs? What would your? How many puffs would you get? Five. I love five it. Out of five puffs. I find it amazing. No, literally, like I had tears when I watched it. Tears, literal tears, streaming down my face. All right. So I, I say five out of five. Tears of laughter. We should definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although, again, the moments where they address death are very touching. And uh, they don't last too long. I just, I, they do a really good sure. job. So remember, listeners, uh, if you see this, bring some tissues because you'll just be crying the whole time. Oh, I think there's a part where they pass out tissues, Amazing. Though. You won't have to bring your own if you see it in person. Yeah, because so they're like, be have these Puffs brand tissues. Okay. <laughs> it's very good. Amazing. Sure, you get a little cross-branding. Mm-hmm. So five out of five Puffs from Lauren. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think, uh, so, you know, go see it, go watch it. Go be in it. Buy the book and read it? I don't know. Sure. So should we say, I, we were talking about how we're trying to sign off show, so maybe this is would be Exit Pursued by a Puff. Sure. Five out of five puffs. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials. Yeah. We are at uh, Downstage Left Downstage PC. Left PC yeah. on all the socials, and that's our email, too, if you have something longer that you would like to say. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, we'll have some things in the future where we take... Uh, some listener questions and stories and things like that. So we're looking forward to that, but follow us there. Yeah. We also have a website where you can send in your listener submissions and questions. We want those listener submissions and questions, please. Cause yeah. we want to share them. So if That's, you would. Uh, yeah, that. So, all right. Exit. Pursued by a puff. puff. <laughs>